channel, what you do for fun? Smoke a blunt, spades with the jokers playing poker. Me and Oprah just might go for lunch. Fishing with some bitches where they breaking open coconut. Shopping, going postal, ain't been local since we opened up. Bro, bro, what you do for fun? Bitch, everything. What you gonna do with that gun? Sorry, I'm late. I just don't give a fuck. Yeah, baby. Hey, yo, hey, yo. You rocking with the best known unknown podcast on the internet. It's Late to Work, live now at episode 26. Yeah. 26. 26, I believe, is, as always, it's your boy, Money Mitch, a.k.a. Light Skin Leah, a.k.a. Uh, mixed Skin Messiah, uh-huh. a.k.a. Daddy Longstroke, the motherfucking clitoris wrangler, a.k.a. the Light Skin Lord of the Flies, the dreadhead nigga in your lobby, a.k.a. at Mitch Gaines, where you can find me on one or more social media platforms. I'm here rocking with my right-hand man, the funniest man in Rhode Island. It's only Chris Allen, the young OG, Sweet James Jones Jr., Ohio's finest, the Midwest, half Midwest best, wherever you find me at, y'all. So, uh, we, we back here, obviously, episode 26, a week late, uh, Go get your flu shots, kids, because that shit was disgusting. Mm-hmm. I don't wish that upon anyone, including Chris, so I did not come down here to record. Uh, and apparently, Chris's work ethic does not match my own, so he did not solo record this episode. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I'm just fucking around. Uh, but uh, yeah, that shit was deadly, for real. I, I advise everyone, go get whatever cures neurovirus and stock that shit in your fridge, because that shit was horrible. Not gonna wood. I haven't, I haven't got the flu in at least... Seven or eight years. Do you get flu shots? No. See, me. so I got a flu shot one year, like six years ago. Mm-hmm. I got the flu like three weeks later. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck this flu shit shit. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a, you know, fucking Babylon thing. Like, I'm not paying the white man for this bullshit. I'm being injected with diseases. This yeah. is wrong. And then every year, you know, smart people tell me I'm supposed to go get a flu shot, and I don't, and I don't get the flu. Yeah. And then this year, I really got, like, the real fucking flu. And, wow. like, the year I got it after the flu shot, it was, like, very subdued. Yeah. I had, like, a 12-hour flu. Uh-huh. This was, like, the full 36 yeah, hours. Like, real thing. Like, my body hadn't been able to process food. I was just throwing up, like, full, like, Jeez, meals. Man. It was disgusting. It was horrible. Uh, so now that you have that visual in your head, on to bigger <laughs> and better things, uh, where do you want to start? Because I feel like major shit happened. Yeah, bed. should we start lighter and then move into the major shit? Or, ah, yeah, or no, yeah. Sandwich the major shit. Let's 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 start with. So I just came from seeing Black Panther. I saw Black Panther after work today. Uh-huh. Uh, so I have all sorts of feelings on Black Panther. I'm not using one of these buy into the hype guys. So let me start on that note. Is like. If you tell me I gotta go see something, very rarely am I going to see it. Uh, And if I am, usually I'm such a skeptic that it's not gonna live up to the hype for me. Yeah. Uh, The one notable exception in recent memory, I would say, is maybe Get Out. Mm -hmm. Get Out was better than I anticipated because I became so skeptical before I saw it. I was too. Well, here's the thing. Like, I sent, when Get Out came out, I sent it to all my friends, like the trailers. I was like, yo, this looks dope. And they were like, oh, man, that looks like bullshit. That looks stupid. And then it made me be like, oh, man, maybe it, what's wrong with me? Maybe it does look stupid. And then I was like, all right, well, I guess I, like people's opinion affected my shit. I was like, all right, well, maybe I'm not going to go see this right away. And then everyone raved about it. And I was like, man, I knew I, that was going to be good. Then I went and saw it. I was like, yeah. See, my problem, I think, was like, who was raving about it? Like, all of... 
and similar to Black Panther, like I I hate more than anything, and maybe this is just the simpleton in me mm-hmm. or my need to like be the smartest guy in the room or whatever. Mm-hmm. But nothing turns me off from like content in general, mm-hmm. like woke niggas trying to tell me I need to be woke about something. Mm-hmm. So like Get Out came out, I was like, it's a creative masterpiece, and mm-hmm. Jordan Peele has a mind like no other. And if you don't like this movie, you just don't understand. And I was like, man, fuck you. Like yeah. I hadn't even seen the trailer yet, and I was like, man, fuck you. And then when I saw that movie, I was like. Yeah, if you don't like that movie, something wrong with you, dog. Like you just don't get it. Well, you dumb nigga. I, like, it's one of those movies. I knew it was gonna be a good movie because, like, like black people don't embrace like shit. Peel. We don't know like, uh, Kia Peel. Like they don't really give him love. So for them, they it would be easier for black people to hate on him just because of who he is hmm. than it would be to embrace him. So when black people was like, no, this shit's legit, I was like, all right, because well, they not going to... I don't mean to get too far off on a tangent before we get into Black Panther, but I have to ask you, obviously, as our, our resident comedian on this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you heard, uh, there was a Breakfast Club uh, interview recently. Uh, what the, I forget why I do his name can't come to me right now. He, uh, said, he essentially said that Dave Chappelle was not funny today. Yeah, who said that? Faison. Faison, Faison, Faison Love, right. Yeah, yeah. All right, and so my question is, like, I, I feel, it kind of, same thing about Jordan Peele. Like, I feel like, quote-unquote, niggas don't fuck with Jordan Peele, you know what I mean? I, but my whole, my understanding of that was, like, niggas didn't fuck with Key and Peele because niggas felt like Key and Peele was trying to rip off Chappelle's show. So the idea that niggas don't fuck with Chappelle seems crazy to me. Well, okay, yeah. I um, thought that was the knock on Key and Peele. No, well, here's, I think Faison is a little bit off base. Yeah, One, I think he way off base. Um... I think there's a portion of what he was saying is is correct because like uh, the black community did not embrace Dave Chappelle like let's say a Martin or like a Cat Williams or even like Kevin uh, Kevin Hart has crossover but like mm. still supported in both communities like not really like. Uh, Dave really got hot because Dave had done all the legit like I mean he's done the Def Jam comedy jam he's done all the BET and shit like that see but I feel like that's just like Dave's style of comedy isn't that like, it isn't that it's but, evolved oh no, but also just like I think there's white comedians who see the same problem I guess is my point mm-hmm. it's like there's guys who can go out and just be like the funny like live face on stage and then become mm-hmm. a character who gets like good TV part of the Kevin Hart's of the world you uh-huh. know what I mean but I think like Guys like, you know, Andrew Schultz and Louis C.K. are never yeah. going to, like, they'll never have that appeal. They'll be on TV shows. They'll uh, write things. Yeah. Will they be, like, the star who's embraced by all the math? No, because their comedy is too provocative. And I think Dave's kind of in that same category. Like, well, okay. he, you can't just throw on Dave and have a safe laugh. You used to be like that until what broke Dave out was the Dave Sch- well, his, his yeah, sketch show. Yeah. yeah, so that's really, and then I think more black people started to know who Dave was and embrace him, understand him, and then it catapulted everything else he did. But um, he, I mean, but kind of like, I mean, when he was dropped, uh, I think it was a Killing Me Softly, mm. uh, the other joint that he recorded in San Francisco, his special, mm. like black people really wasn't like fucking with, like there was a few, like my friends would fuck with him, 
Um, There's a reason like, he recorded that in San Francisco. Yeah, but the other one was that. recorded in D.C. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, I'm he saying was, he went from D.C. to the Bay and went to San Francisco instead of Oakland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? That tells a lot. But um, not, no disrespect, I love San Francisco. I don't think that's a. I don't think that you can just even say that's a black thing or he just had. No, I think up. that's he a, it, he's, like his audience is San Francisco's audience. Exactly. So, yeah. So um, he was he was right to a certain extent, but there's I mean those things. He, he wasn't. This is a multivariance like uh, reason. In I the, I just I guess I I find it insane to say that now. Oh, now he's you know completely I mean? off. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like just like everybody thinks Dave Chappelle's funny. If you exactly. don't, you're just kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah. You so, know what I mean? Dave Chappelle's fucking funny. Yeah, objectively, I don't yeah. care if you like what he talks about or not. I don't care if you like the phrases he uses or not. Dave Chappelle is motherfucking funny, and that's just a fact. Yeah, I think Faison is a little bit off base because he's like he is funny and. White people really embrace him yeah. more than they do uh, some of the other black comics right. that you would say that's like maybe as funny as 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 Dave. I, I don't see it. I think it's so, material too. It's a lot of different dynamics. You can't just say that like people just have fucking with them. It's a lot of different dynamics. So before we hop into Black Panther, now, let's start with other black content since we're already on comedy. Yeah, Chris Rock special came out. Now you talk about a guy who's on par with Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. supposedly. To a yeah. lot of people, yeah, I use the word supposedly he's big, because he's, I'm he's, he's bigger, bigger than Dave Chappelle. Brand wise, uh, right? That special, I felt like I watched that special, and I'm not saying it wasn't funny. Yeah, I'm saying they were. I went into 2017, at the beginning of 2017. I am a comedy fan, but certainly not a comedy nerd, and certainly not a comedian professionally. Mm-hmm. My understanding was Chris Rock is. You know, the best black comic of my generation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I'm a little later than, like, the Martins of the mm-hmm. world. So, like, when I came up, like, if you talked about black comedy, Chris Rock was mm-hmm. the name. Yeah. And you could not knock the name <laughs> off the pedestal. Yeah. And Dave Chappelle has pretty much got there. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like a LeBron-Mike thing. Yeah. Where, like, even Le- like LeBron fans just defer to Mike fans and say, nah, you're right. Because mm-hmm. it's the respectful thing to do. Yeah. And now you're kind of looking at it like, dog. Dave Chappelle is funnier than Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah, right now. And that does mean just right now. Yeah, in, yeah, in this had, time time capsule t- we're in, where they both drop specials within yeah, like a couple months of yeah, each other. Yeah, Dave Chappelle is funnier than Chris. Way Rock. funnier. I Way mean, funnier. This, this, I, I, and I've heard like, Chris Rock felt out of, like a, a little out of touch to me in places. He did like some of the references to his punches and, and some of the tags were a little bit a little yeah. bit dated. Um, oh, uh, Wicked did it. What, what, yo, I haven't listened to. Do you listen to Bodega Boys podcast? No. Do you listen to no, podcast? no. Uh, one of the, so part of the reason I do AKs is because all they have a thousand AKs mm-hmm. and they do a, a like a wash segment in their AK. They sh- just stay shouting out new wash niggas. Uh-huh. They better be dropping Chris Rock's name because <laughs> that nigga had like uh, references that like I couldn't even touch back to. Yeah. I'm 27, dog. Yeah. If I don't remember it happening, yeah, nobody. It was, it was, get get yeah. that shit out of the out, yeah. of the out of the set. It was it was it was it was that was it, bad. Yeah, boy. It was it was it was the like, Essence on. Festival, dog. Yeah, yeah. Come, come on. on. Yeah, it was shit. Tap me with a vibe award at least. Yeah, it was some of it was like in like some of the artists and like some of the shit he was like naming, used as reference was just like, come on, man. But here, uh, can I can I give you my last thing on it? Yeah, because this is the this is the thing that really drove home the Dave Chris thing. Before we get into the rest mm-hmm. of the special, Dave Chappelle opened his most recent special 
by pretty much walking on stage, putting his dick down in the middle of it and saying, I am amazing at comedy. Mm -hmm. Here's how I'm going to prove to him amazing at comedy and did his little punchline reverse thing Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Chris Rock on three, maybe four separate occasions, if I remember correctly. I did take an edible before I watched that. Uh Uh, Thank you. Uh... (laughs) Three or four different like jokes within that that hour special, mm-hmm. pretty much makes the reference of well I'm Chris Rock. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Whether he's talking about you know, the moment in the courtroom, uh-huh. which like dope, like I'm salute, yeah, like was, you made was, it, my yeah, guy, like exactly. that's what's up. like that was a funny fucking joke. Don't get it wrong, but like between that, between the shit with like the hour, between uh, the with the uh, I'm black from a mile away, but I'm Chris Rock from two feet away. Yeah. Like all these things are funny. Yeah. But they're worse attempts at like. What I'm did. the man. Yeah. Exactly. When I just saw the the real man mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dave yeah, Chappelle exactly. just came out and said, I'm that nigga. And then you came out and was like, nah, I'm that nigga. And everyone's like, mm, nah, yeah. you're not though. Here's, like, you cool. Chris Rock's the man. Yeah. But you ain't Dave Chappelle. Here's uh, my, where I left uh, my opinion on it. One, it felt like, I mean, it felt like he needed to do His energy, his whole presence was different than his, his previous specials. His, like... Chris Rock is usually high energy, like he looked high as shit. I I, I don't know. I, he I never assume. got Botox done. His face was all stretched back, dog. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know what, that, what that was. The other thing, it's like I'm not gonna disrespect Chris Rock. No, no, I'm not even trying to be disrespectful. No. But like you're right, like the faces, the energy, like that's part of his yeah, set, it, and it looked weird. It did. It did feel. A little and maybe bit it was weird the lighting, the yeah. Bo Burnham direction. Um. Also, uh, it just his energy was different, and uh, I felt like. He was touching on some real shit from his divorce and mm. dating the cheating and the porn uh, addiction shit was dope to me. Actually. Yeah, exactly. They were all dope, but I but just, I also felt I he left them all short. Yeah, I just wanted and from a genius like you know Chris Rock to be like an extremely intelligent, insightful guy. I just wanted more, and maybe it's this thing where like, and this is the reason why Eddie doesn't. I'm assuming that Eddie doesn't do his stand-up special because he's not really competing as much as he is with these other artists like like uh, uh, Kevin Hart or Chappelle. He's almost competing against his, who he who people expect him to be. So I it's gonna be, it would be very tough to reach that level, but I didn't want more from Chris Rock because I know how brilliant and talented he is, and I didn't get it. It felt like he was doing this because he got divorced and needed yeah. money and needed check, he was it didn't feel like he was doing it because he loved his fucking shit like he used to. And like one of the and I things, felt like he kept talking about how he did, and that's how you could tell yeah. he didn't. Okay, uh, quick reference: like I just recently um, listened to this podcast, Rogan's podcast, with this guy named um, what was the fuck is this guy's name? Uh, something Duggins. Um, one second, while I pull this up. Uh, it, but like the what he was talking about, and this guy is just like a black dude who was like three hundred pounds, and then um, Dave Goggins it, it listened to this podcast, and he was like he was three hundred pounds, and then he decided to quit his job and become a Navy SEAL, and he couldn't rock, run a quarter mile, and then like he totally changed his life, and then like he was like it <laughs> wait, wait wait hold on yeah he was three hundred pounds, and he just said fuck it, I'm gonna become a Navy SEAL yes, and he did what provoked him to choose that. Because he was in the he was in the he was in the uh, services before. Okay, so at like, one point in his life he was not a three hundred pound yeah, exactly. like life hating at yeah, a desk job. Exactly. Okay, that's but what he, I was gonna say. You don't wake up at like thirty and do that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. And so uh, and then so he got his whole life together. And then one of the things that he was saying is like uh, 
after he got the seals, he would go back and like be like in going to the Rangers shit, like become a Ranger, which is hard as fuck to like mm. becoming a seal. Um, and he was saying like the, I, I felt myself getting civilized, and it's the worst thing that you can do is get civilized because you lose your edge and shit like that. And he took that from one of his inspirations was Rocky. He took that from Rocky. Like one thing Creed said when Rocky was going back to fight a Clubber Lanes is like oh, was that you became civilized. You lost that that killer in you. And I feel like that's what happened to Chris Rock. He became civilized. It's hard to it's hard it's hard to fucking go out there and, and fight with the killers and go out and hit mics when you waking up on satin sheets and you I'll, to, I'll tell you, know? you what though, and that in my opinion, I've always found the very best comics to be like hilariously civilized. Yeah. Like the well, funniest part about Dave Chappelle is that Dave Chappelle is perfectly in pocket. Yeah. You know what but, I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he just seems like yeah, you know what? He does wake up on satin sheets, and he still does go down to the courthouse. But, but yeah, but just the thing about Dave, Dave still has something to prove because Dave gave away $50 million. He's not sitting... That's like, fair. Chris has hundreds of millions of dollars, probably cut and then lived that life, and then, like, didn't cut it in half yeah. with the divorce and came back because of that. Dave still had a chip because he gave away 50 Dave million. Ain't, you're in, yep. Dave and I'm, sure, and I'm sure they heard, told him, hey, fuck you, you, you turn this down, you'll never be shit. Yeah. And you'll never get this town again. Yeah, exactly. So he had it. Dave still has a chip. Chris, I don't know if he has that chip anymore. It don't man. look like it. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't feel like it. Also, I ain't, I ain't gonna lie, man. Like, I'll, some of his stuff on relationships, I heard that was kind of the saving grace of this special coming uh-huh. into it. Uh, it's only been out what two weeks I can't believe how much I already one week came out Valentine's Day I've I've heard so much about this already Uh, from other people but like going into it like people said like the relationship stuff was supposed to kind of save the special yeah I found a lot of that shit not just not funny but tone deaf no I'm not saying like in like an offensive way I just mean like it just felt flat flat like a lot of it was just like yeah I cheated but I only fucked three different bitches and like real niggas know if you was me that's being faithful yeah. and it's like okay if you was a real nigga then you'd have just explain that shit to your wife and you wouldn't be getting divorced yeah. but real niggas know how to play the tambourine bitch <laughs> you know what I mean well, <laughs> I, I think well even if he, that was his perspective I mean he could have came into it with that perspective and still been funnier than that been funnier <laughs> and got more in depth it like really dug deep into this yeah. in order for us because there is I mean that's how did you end up with those three women exactly who were these yeah, yeah like, how, how did we get here that you got three women in three different parts of the country yeah, exactly and with this an ongoing thing yeah, and like there's a, so much to go through yeah exactly and instead what do we get yeah we get questions and we get well, you, you married know, Chris Rock yeah exactly you know uh, I I mean it's it's hard to judge people as other comedians because it is very hard to get on that, yes. on that stage and do, especially and, at and, that level. Yeah, and even even with, I mean, that's he's still in the top percentile of funny motherfuckers. Let's not oh, get that yeah. wrong. Like what? That's we're cr- criticizing. I'm not. I'm not judging man. Chris Rock against Chris DeStefano. Yeah, I'm exactly. judging Chris Rock against Chris Rock. That's not a knock on Chris DeStefano, who I find very funny. Yeah. But like Chris Rock is in another category. Yeah, like, exactly. he's in the like Martin category. And, he's in, you know what I mean? Yeah, and 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 to put it like this, I, as far as like the specials that have been recently released from like 
Tom Segura's. Mm. Um, I like Tom Segura a lot. Yeah, I seen Tom Segura's was better than Chris's. Uh, I, both of Chappelle's was better than Did you see uh, Hassan's last year? Homecoming uh, Jam? Or Homecoming Jam or whatever that was called? I have not. That's hilarious. Yeah, I have to check that out. I'm, yeah, and there's a bit... And it's like there's a lot of comedians that drop stuff that was like a. It was a good year for comedy. Yeah, past year. yeah. Past eighteen months, this past is, two they years. They say this is like the the golden years of comedy. Why um, do you think I won't come out and hit mics with you, dog? Dude, I, <laughs> there's more dope comedians than there's ever been before. I'm not that funny. I'm just an asshole. No, I think <laughs> I think that um, there's more attention on comedy, but there's still like if you can. If you can offer something different than what's out there, mm. and there's a lot of people trying to be funny, there's not a lot of people who are like trying to be more than funny. And I think that like if you can be that, then you are already have something great. I, I agree with you. I also think there's a danger in raising an entire generation who believes that not only are they funny, which most people mm. aren't, that they're more than funny, which most people definitely aren't. Yeah, exactly. And you have a lot of people trying to be who aren't. Yeah, well, a lot of people, won't, a lot of people won't even try to be more. Like, I don't like some things. It's not enough just to be funny. Like, if for me, it's like okay, it can be funny, but like, I want there to be like an underlining meaning to it. Like, I don't want to just like anyone can just make some funny shit up. But if it's like you're just going out there writing for the thirst of some of yeah. laughter, then that's like fuck. Like, you didn't it's even, funny you yeah. say because a lot of like quote unquote comedian, you know, comedian purists or whatever, yeah. like say that like you should only write for the funny. Like, I'm only yeah. here for the laughs. I, like, I don't whatever gets the laugh is getting the laugh. Like, I don't care about no. the agreement. I don't care about the messaging. I care about the laughter. I think that's bullshit. Yeah, like, I, I think if you care about writing good comedy, it's got to be about the. St- it, it's either going to be about the message or the story you're telling. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, like a great narrative. Uh, People hate on like storytelling comedy, yeah. and I don't understand why. Because yeah. to me, like that's how that's how good comedy was always told for it, literally the entirety of humankind. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's how we first started making people laugh. Yeah, I agree. And and the thing is, uh, I I don't agree with that because I think it's easy to get lost in whatever you're doing if you're just doing if you're almost like a prostitute for the laugh. Mm. Um, it's because then you start like you know whatever brings the laugh and what you'll do and like especially for black people it's easy to end up being like shucking and jumping. yeah exactly and it's like I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna do some shit that like challenges your thinking and it's funny you so know you want to talk about a comedian who doesn't ever challenge my thinking and is very much a shuck and jab comedian and looked motherfucking horrible this weekend who's that Kevin Hart. Really? The fuck was he doing at All-Star Weekend, bro? I didn't even see... I, I, he, he did, like, the player intros, and it was just, oh, like, this they, awkwardly long, like, 13 and a half minute set of no funny jokes. Really? And, like, like half-assed roasts oh, of dude. players. I didn't I missed which, that. Which, like, also, Kate Hart used to be the guy who, like, knew all the players, I feel like. Yeah. And, like, I feel like some of the younger dudes, like... He wants to like it's kind of like when Drake shows up and always wants to be everybody's best friend. Kevin yeah. Hart just looked like a shorter Drake. Yeah, he's out here like, oh, and then he's like, nigga, I don't know you. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about me yeah. for? Yeah. Um, and between that and the Super Bowl, it's like Kevin Hart looks bad right now, man. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I know you love Kevin Hart. You love to defend Kevin Hart, so I, I wanted to bring I, this too because I know we wanted to talk All Star anyway. I'm gonna. I like to defend comedians, but uh, it's easy to look. When you have that much light on you, it's easy to take a couple L's. I agree, know? but I I, I I say this with all my heart. I wish the best for Kevin Hart. I, yeah. I hope he has a long and fun and hilarious career. Uh-huh. When you bring that much light on yourself, yeah. 
you deserve that the L's when you take them. Because Kevin Hart, if you talk about a prostitute for the laugh, Kevin Hart will do anything to make you laugh. And I think that's what makes him a marvelous comedian. But I also think when you're willing to just put your ass out there for like all the time mm -hmm. in every way possible to make people chuckle mm -hmm. or to associate your name with a good brand, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Kevin Hart is a very smart guy, very savvy guy. Mm -hmm. He he tries to get himself everywhere possible so that his star is as big as it needs to yeah. be to do the things he wants to mm -hmm. do. I just think what that comes up with is a certain amount of sellout that nowadays we stop shitting on people for. Yeah. Like 20 years ago, you got made fun of for selling out like that. We just accept that's the way it is in the internet age. Mm -hmm. But nigga, when you sell out that hard, you get asked out this hard. And like, that's fine. I'm here to crack jokes on you when you look bad because I hate when niggas try to do like the, the infallible thing. Yeah, that's my... Maybe own. I'm just a jerk. I don't know. No, that, that is my one critique. Um, you know, from the sideline, armchair quarterbacking, because yeah. I, I respect what he's done and I respect, you know, the achievements, the sacrifice he's put out there. But I would love to see him take more risk and not do so much PC shit. But that, exactly, that's and what I mean. Like, dude, just go out there. Like, at this point, like, once you reach a certain level, like, you have the flexibility to go out there and take some risk to do some real shit. And, like, do some fucking real shit, dude. That so, takes here, some so here's my question. Mm -hmm. I, I want to push you in the hot seat because I know you want to defend all comedians in all situations. Is he funny? I shouldn't say funny enough to do that. Does he have that kind of comedic range, or is that is the that kind of comedy just his lane? Which there's nothing wrong with that. There's lots mm -hmm. of great comedian. Like I would not that I'm putting Kevin Hart on quite that level, mm -hmm. but you could say the same thing about Seinfeld. Yeah, Seinfeld exactly. made comedy about nothing that was absolutely PC and absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what kind of range Kevin Hart. I because I haven't seen him, you know, put like like, I don't know. I haven't seen it if mm -hmm. he does have it. I mean, yeah, that's what I, I agree, and, and and I assume he does have more because we because he's like a smart, insightful dude. Even if you listen to some of his interviews. He's That's, reaching yeah. down and he can explain some of these from multi levels. Guy. Yeah, exactly. So I assume he does see this, and I assume he's making these moves strategically to become the biggest, uh, you know, actor media mogul that, as it's see, possible. That, he's a slash guy. Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. Like he wants to be. It plus everything else. Yeah, exactly. Which is cool. I just that's a it's risky not line. My, it's, that's not, not, it's not what I would want to do. It's not what I would want to do. I'd rather be the guy that's like gets in trouble and says some shit and like says yeah. fuck off. You know? Put it this way. I'd rather be in the position for when I am fifty and I have to admit to the world that I have a porn addiction and that porn addiction has led me to watch weirdly hyper specific things on the internet yeah. that I'm in Chris Rock shoes and can say that as a joke and it'd be funny yeah. I'm not in Kevin Hart shoes where I have to say that on an Instagram video and mm. bare my soul to the world yeah dude, dude <laughs> I fucking I mean? like I, I, I and this is like dude like I'm trying to shout out to fucking Chris Rock like I'm gonna like try and cut out the porn yo that I, I said the second it happened, I paused it, I turned to my girlfriend, we, hey, one of the things we cover on this podcast, relationships. Mm -hmm. Real shit, like, that was one of the realer moments in, yeah. in comedy in a long yeah. time. Like, yeah, like, I, most niggas I know have that problem. Yeah, dude. And I was You like, all jerk off one way to one to three categories of porn. Yeah. Dude. It's fucking weird. It's, Myself <laughs> included. That's fucking weird. 
Dude. If you have a go-to search term, that's fucking weird. Yeah, it if is. If you have a favorite porn site, that's <laughs> fucking weird. It is. It is. Too. You shouldn't be watching that porn. I know, dude. And I thought I I heard uh, um, Tim Ferriss did a uh, uh, a podcast with Terry Crews, and Terry Crews is another guy who's like mm. been advocate or not. He he's been very open about like his abuse of porn. And he's like, yeah, I just had to stop it. It's affecting the way uh, I was treating women or looking at people and so forth like that and like I don't think it's affecting me but I don't know so I'd rather be like hey you know what I'm gonna go without it for a while I'm not gonna lie to you I know like cause I've I've quit various times in my life yeah. I, I we're coming up on Lent here we're during Lent now I guess mm-hmm. I gave up porn for Lent uh, a couple of years ago uh-huh. bro it was eye opening I, so I, I had watched Don John. It was whatever year that had come mm-hmm. out. I watched Don John like a week before Lent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck this. I'm giving up porn for Lent. Yeah. And it is like, it's night and day. Yeah. The, you're you're way better in bed uh-huh. because all of a sudden, in, instead of hitting like the one move you're used to, you hit yeah. like 90. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. There's a, there was a lot of perks to it. I felt better. Like I wasted way less time in my day. The, yeah. the real shit about that whole shit he said, and I hate to admit this as a dude, as myself, whatever, on the internet, right? Uh-huh. I'm 15 minutes late to everything. Is the <laughs> realest shit I've ever heard. Cause like, eh, why not? I can squeeze one in. Yeah. And like that's how you start thinking about sex. Uh-huh. And it's like, eh, like one of two things happens. Either you start looking at women in real sex or uh, I shouldn't say women. You start looking at however you like to get off. Yeah. Wh- whoever you're, you're familiar with. Uh, yeah. Like, disposably. Uh-huh. Or you start looking at, like, sex as, like, non-essential because I can just jerk off. Yeah. And that's horrible for yeah. all parties involved. Yeah. Like, you're never going to be a healthy, full-fledged human thinking those things. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So... And, and I'm not sure... I'm sure... It, I'm not sure how much it's affecting me, but I'm sure it is affecting me, and I want to find out how I... I want to know what's the healthy amount of porn, because I don't think porn in and, like, is... In and of itself, is like a dangerous thing. You know what I mean? Shit go cold cold No, I'm I'm, I'm going cold I I am too. Uh, Yeah, no, I'm I'm out for at least, like, a week or two. Uh, I'm going to try it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do. What's the thing that I think they say like once thirty days you break a habit? Is yeah, it thirty I think or sixty. So. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna do like I'm gonna research it and so whatever like to break a habit is it thirty or sixty days? I'm gonna do that amount of time and see. How it's quit for Lent, bro. It's like thirty days, forty days. Yeah. All right, well I mean, maybe maybe Qu- it is. I quit something else for Lent, but I can't talk about it on the podcast because my mom listens to this and <laughs> I can't let her know. I'm, I'm quit, dude. I'm in like a transitional period in my life where like. Uh, especially listening to that Rogan podcast too, that helped helped me a lot. Like I, I I'm I'm on this intermediate fasting thing that I'm I've been doing for a couple like almost like two or three weeks now. Mm. And then so that is like going I go sixteen hours of fasting, I go um in eight hours of eating. So like in part that, of the fast is while you're asleep though, right? Yeah, part okay, of the fast. I was is sure. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah part, So pretty much like I'll stop eating like I'll probably eat after we're done with this, so I'll eat at like eight o'clock, and I won't eat again until like noontime hmm, okay. tomorrow. So, and then like I'll have that window of like eating, and I won't even get hungry now. Like, and so like I'm doing that. I'm what time like, do you go to bed? Like ten, eleven, one o'clock if I'm lucky. Jesus, so you don't eat for five hours before bed? Yeah. Oh my God, how do you sleep, dude? I, I okay, so your body gets used to it, so you don't really get hungry after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and your body's like 
kind of goes into mode where it's like starts to burn fat it's like whatever you eat carbohydrates or whatever and like if I do get like hungry like I'll just do like uh just like a tea or something like that you can do tea and shit like that and your Gucci or like coffee for our listeners at home I like to point out when we started this podcast Chris was the fat one and I was the one who looked like a Hollister model <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened here I'm, I'm dude, <laughs> dude I'm fucking like I'm gonna be by mm, I want to say May. I want to get my ass back. Like I had ass, like killer, dude. But I'm getting them back, and I'm going. I'm in my Clubber Lane mode. So like you'll see, I'll give you guys a keep you posted. Michael but, B. Jordan is dead in Black Panther, so we had to recast dude, him for I'm going, Creed too. I'm going for Creed. <laughs> I'm going to be the bad guy in Creed. <laughs> Dark uh, skin versus light skin. Creed two. And I'm going for the bad guy in Black Panther. No, uh, but and also, dude, I've been meditating. Um, and shit like that. Like, so, yeah, I'm actually, uh, like the mindfulness shit. Yeah. Every time I, like, I go on like stretches of that. Like I've never, I've never been back on my shit. Like I like to be, mm-hmm. uh, but really even just taking like five, 10, 15 minutes out of your day to like recenter yourself. Yeah. You'd be amazed what that will do for your life. And I'm yeah. not trying to like preach to our listenership or anything, yeah. but really like take three minutes out of your day, focus on your breathing and don't pay attention to the rest of the world. Yeah. It's, it's legit. Yeah. yeah. Even. And it's like one of those things that help like, you break all those bad habits you're giving up for lunch. That's for damn yeah, sure. Yeah, and it's like one of those things like we said about porn. It's like I don't know how not doing this is affecting me, but I'm gonna see how it helps. If yeah. It does. So like so far it's been good, man. I'm gonna keep it up until I find an alternative or you know or evolves to something else. But like plan is a change for life. Progression. This nigga been better than me. I'm just trying to move forward, man. I'm the young OG, man. I gotta get shit in order. Oh, well, <laughs> apparently, we're giving up porn, cigarettes, uh, <laughs> caring about. Oh, sorry, giving up porn, giving up cigarettes, taking on meditation, giving up food for 16 hours a day. Yeah, Is that that's the goal. That's where that's we're at. The goal. All right. Uh, what else do we want to get into? I feel like we we're 30 minutes in. We didn't even hit most of the shit we want to talk about this week. Yeah. Briefly, Fergie, did you see this? Yeah, uh, Fergie took an L. Uh, I think she was just... We need like an L of the week or some shit, because there's so many people taking Yeah, she took an L. Uh, I don't know what she was doing. I don't know. I think she was trying to put some soul on... Somebody said uh, it was supposed to be sung Marilyn Monroe style. Oh, yeah. She should just sing the regular style. Yeah, I, I just... When you hear the name Fergie, does Marilyn Monroe ever... Come to mind. No, I don't. Has that ever happened to you? I don't even think of Fergie as like a, a great singer. Do you think she's of Fergie like as a, a person? Do Do you hear Fergie and even think of Fergie as somebody who is still currently relevant in the world? Uh, no, not really. To be <laughs> or ever was like, outside of Black Eyed Peas? No, she had a she had a she had a moment. She had a run. I love the London Bridge. I, yeah, I don't remember yeah, the moment. She had a run. She had a run. Bootylicious. Uh, yeah, yeah. She had, she was hot for Fergalicious. Sorry, Bootylicious. Um, yeah, Jesus. But um. No, I don't know how they even like got I, yeah, I don't who, get, who, who got that. They could in LA. You mean yeah. to tell me in all of Los that's, Angeles that's we couldn't find get, a different yeah. person to sing the anthem? You couldn't get Jasmine Sullivan. Jasmine Sullivan will rock that shit. You know what happened, right? It was a split bid for LA between the Lakers and the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Lakers said we'll take care of everything. Just turn to Clippers like y'all just get somebody for the national anthem, right? Yeah. <laughs> and clearly that was a Clippers hire. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say on that. <laughs> in the Clippers. Hey man, I'm a Clippers fan. That's just that was horrible. Uh yeah, she took it out. Uh, all right. Black Panther or Dead Children? We got 30 minutes. You're cool. Uh, let's, we can, I mean, we can go over, 
let's go through the shooting and then let's briefly and then we'll be happy at the end yeah we'll be happy at the end because spoiler alert to nobody everybody on this podcast fucking loved Black Panther (laughs) Uh, All right, Florida man shit where do you want to start uh, well, okay, I, so I, everyone I, who's listening to this lets you on the rock realize that there, once again, there was another school shooting in Florida by a, a, a man, a man, because people keep calling him a kid just because he shot up with schools. This guy was 19 years old, uh, and he went to, Nicholas Cruz went into the school and shot 17 yeah, well, oh, he, uh, shot, he, he killed, killed 17. 17 I think, I think there's 25 more wounded. Might have been more than that. Yeah. Um, it's right. probably, yeah, it's probably more than that. Yeah, uh, I think they said 50 wounded. Jesus. Um, and here we are again. I mean, this is, it's, 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 too, it's sad when you hear this where you're not like, holy shit. You're just like, again? Yeah. And it's like, it's almost. As Charlemagne said it, it's like almost as American as apple pie because yeah, oh, this it is, is like the 18th shooting of this year, school shooting yeah. of this year. Which I, I should clarify because I got in a very large Twitter argument with, with far right Twitter as I tend to do in my spare time uh-huh. uh, about those 18 school shootings. Out of, out of those 18, only like four were actual what I would call it like a mass, like multiple casualty shooting. Mm-hmm. The rest were more, yo. Uh, firearms in schools, accidental discharge. Like one was a cop's gun went off in a school. Uh-huh. It's not a vague yeah. statistic, but yeah. I don't know about you. 18 times a gun went off in a school in America in yeah. 45 and, days. I don't really care in circumstances. Yeah, exactly. There's a problem. That really just bolsters the it's really a gun problem conversation because let's say out of those 18, only four were even intentional, right? Mm-hmm. That means. Was it 16 other times or 12 other times guns just go off in yeah, schools exactly. now? exactly, yeah. I don't think more guns I, is the answer then. And then Maybe that's and, just me. And if you have a child that's going in that school, do you yeah. say, you know, oh, the, those are accidental shootings. Yeah. yeah. What is it? Well, the cops got to accidentally went off and killed the third grader. No big deal. Yeah. I feel, but here's He didn't the, mean to kill the baby. Yeah. But here's the thing. I mean, we're at this, what's, it just feels like we're just like, going through the whole cycle again. Like, what What do you feel is different in this time? I feel like this is, is another school shooting. The right will say one thing, the left will say one thing, nothing will happen until another... Sh- and we'll just sit back and wait for another mass killing. I will tell you exactly what... It, and this is a great... I have many, many notes on this, but this is something I definitely mm-hmm. want to get into. Uh, I do want to address your man versus kid debate because mm-hmm. I very firmly believe he's a kid. And I'll explain mm-hmm. that in a second. Okay. Uh, but you ask what is different. And the thing I will say I find very different about this shooting from all of them previous. I remember in college, my freshman or sophomore year of college, I took a uh, class on school violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I left that class thinking, dreading really, there's, this isn't going to stop. Like you could tell, like there's just the trend at that point, that was 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. And the trends at that point were already very clear that here was where we were going to end up and it's going to yeah. get worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think I don't know how quickly that's going to change. Mm-hmm. Something I would find very different about this particular instance is the kids, mm-hmm. the, like the survivors, the friends, the mm-hmm. neighbors, the families. Mm-hmm. The kids are very vocal. Not the parents, not yeah. the teachers, not the cops who responded. Mm-hmm. Not the kids. Yeah. Uh, and I think I mean, that shout is. Shout out to the kids, man. Yo, it's shout out to every one of these kids. Uh, honestly, yeah, now they're getting after it. Let me pull up a couple because so. 
What, uh, shout out to my, my dear friend Erica, as told by Erica with a K. If you want to follow her on Twitter, she's dope. Uh, she was like retweeting a bunch of these kids' tweets, like in the immediate aftermath of the shooting. Uh, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't fucking hip or young enough anymore to go following fucking 16 year olds from Florida. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, people have fucking internet friends these days. So, like, she knew some people down there. And I've been just like pulling, you know, tweet after tweet after tweet and like following these kids as they came in. And some of these kids are just fucking, I am on like a little rattled by their composure. It almost seems like media trained on some level, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is, I guess, really like nice to see mm-hmm. that we know now that this is happening. Yeah. There's like a network of survivors. There's other kids, kids who've grown up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Think about those Columbine kids, right? Yeah. That was 1999. That was 18 years ago. Yeah. 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's like those kids were all fucking like fully grown adults. Yeah, exactly. And so some of those kids have support groups now mm-hmm. and like outreach programs that when this shit happens, they know how to get these kids together and make sure that they're going to be okay. Yeah. And that in and of itself is a beautiful thing, but I think these kids are going to mobilize in a way we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think or hope will be different. Mm-hmm. I know there's a march planned on Washington that's going to be a march of survivors of school violence. Yeah. I think it's going to be really startling to see how large that is. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> how, how, how did they release any like numbers? No, nah, I, I think they just put the date on for, I think it's March 14th, I believe. Mm-hmm. That they've been changing the date a couple of, So it's, an, it's going to be a nationwide... And I know this is in its early stages, so I'm sure many things will change between now and then. But the plan, I believe, is there's going to be a nationwide walkout on high school campuses, Mm -hmm. coupled with a a march on Washington of high school survivors, Mm -hmm. like uh, survivors of school violence. Yeah. Wow. Which I... I don't know if that will do anything. No, I don't don't think so. I don't think so. But I think it's different. Teenagers don't have lobbyists. (laughs) And And the NRA does. Yes, however, I would argue teenagers may be the, like, everybody in politics knows, like, your target demo has to be whatever your established base is, plus whoever is turning 18 in the next election. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Democrats have been winning on kids turning 18 for 40 years. You know what I mean? So, if, I mean, if, if you're turning, it's clear this generation who's 16 to 18 now mm-hmm. is pretty anti-God across the country. Yeah, uh, not uh, not hundred percent, but I'd say you know eighty twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's scaring people in politics a little bit, knowing more of that's coming. Yeah, I mean, and I a very st- vocal version of that. Yeah, I still think one. I mean, you still you still have to factor in the baby boomer because it's a large population, yeah. and but they're uh, di- they're dying. They're, di- they're dying. Millennials are growing. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, and so like it's, every year we get a couple hundred million more, and they get a couple hundred million less. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think that uh, politicians will do some kind of finagle, finesse move to make some something, some smoky mirrors look like they're making a gesture, and it's not really. It doesn't affect the NRA. It doesn't affect gun sales. Yeah. It doesn't make anything. It doesn't get one more gun off. So, so you think there there will be some sort of gesture, but nothing of consequence. Yep. Basically. What do you? Any ideas on what the gesture may be? Uh, they'll put some kind of law in place or something, and there will be another loophole. They can get, get ARs if you, uh, you know, they'll be like, oh, well, now we're going to do highly scrutinized background checks, and it's going to be like, I'm loophole, old. loophole, loophole. And it's not going to change anything. That's what the United States is. It's promises and fucking finesse. 
I have a million questions on gun control. So do you want to get into gun control next, or are there other things you want to get Because I have many things about this I want to get into. No, we can go straight into I mean, yeah. Okay. So, what is... Hmm. I don't know if I... It's weird, because I, I have some... Uh, many of my gun points come from, like, hardcore gun people. Mm-hmm. A lot of ex-military people, a lot of rural people, a lot of people on far, like, literally, like, Ku Klux Klan Twitter, yeah. who I, like, get into it with on a routine basis. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Trusted Trev. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, so, I understand that everybody feels differently about guns. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to come to what I pride myself on being a centrist. We talk about being the middle ground on the show. Mm-hmm. What is quote unquote common sense gun reform to you? Like what what shouldn't we need to even debate over? I mean it should Because universal background checks to me seem I don't I don't understand be, the argument. Yeah, it should be blank. It it should it should be you know how like it's how hard it is for like to get a gun to, it's easy to get like a, a marijuana it's easier to get an AR-15 than it is to get a marijuana license. It's a, <laughs> and, well, and so, I guess, here's the thing. The argument is, it's very nuanced, and I don't, I truly believe people on the left don't understand enough about guns to make half the arguments they mm-hmm. make. Myself included in that. Yeah. I'm not a gun guy. Uh, I say that as somebody who lives in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. where it's very hard to get guns. Yeah. A very good friend of mine, who is a very big fan of guns, mm-hmm. owns many guns, is a collector of weaponry, mm-hmm. said in one of his posts and in conversations with him, we need to just get everybody else on the Massachusetts standard. In Massachusetts, you can own all the guns you want to. Mm-hmm. You can keep them safely and legally. If you are trained properly, you can get every classification of gun mm-hmm. there is. Yeah. We know who has all the guns. Yeah. All of them are registered. And by and large, there's less gun violence here than yeah. other places. Yeah. And I think we, we might have mentioned this in an earlier podcast. It should at least be like getting a driver's license and owning guns. Yes. Like at least that highly scrutinized so we know who has a gun, who's registered, everything has a license, everything is like... You There's know, different classes for different types of guns. Exactly. Just because you know how to operate a handgun doesn't mean you get to buy like, an AR or yeah, sniper exactly. rifle or whatever. That should be like driving a semi-truck. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Those are different things. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And at least let's get to that point. I in what So why why do people object to that? Because that's the part I don't get. Well, here... I, and this is... I can't speak for an NRA, but I just from like listening to like other podcasts where their side has been argued, they don't. They feel like it's uh, once you start, once you start giving up a little, they don't want to give up anything because once you start doing, once you crack that window open, they feel like it's on a slippery slope. Yep, exactly, theory. and the government's on a shutdown. That's from that's from my and I don't know we would have to speak. But here, to but here's my question on that always is like, I get that if you start talking say background checks mm-hmm. right. Well, me and you're just out here not in agreement. Universal background checks. I think most of our listeners mm-hmm. probably agree with universal background checks mm-hmm. as an idea, right? Yeah. Here's the question, right? What's a background check entail? Does background check entail uh, anyone with a domestic abuse charge? Yeah, it should be domestic abuse charge, charge or conviction. Uh, there should be a conviction. There should be like another level. If you've been charged, there should be another level of like, okay, well, let's like a watch list. <laughs> yeah. What, or, or what about mental health then? 
Mental health should definitely be in there. It should be like on what level though? If if you have an active diagnosis, can you own a gun? There should be there should be a which diagnosis is and 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 I'm not like. I'm not like a psychologist or a whatever, mm-hmm. but like I feel like there should be like something. There should be like another. Oh, okay, well, like it should be something more scrutinized when it's like because let's say even See, if but- I was diagnosed, <laughs> I would like in order to I I like if I was diagnosed as let's say schizophrenic, and I was like, okay, well, like I don't want to be judged based on my diagnosis, but. I do want something like if I get have an episode or something, I would prefer like to be questioned before I do something that may harm other people or I met myself before, you know. And that's all well and good, but I think the argument then in reverse is like, so say I'm diagnosed as bipolar, right? Uh-huh. You say I can't have a gun because I'm bipolar. So now I I lose the right to own a weapon to defend myself because of a diagnosis with no history of violence. Well, no, I'm not saying that you lose your right to have a gun, but I feel like there should be like some more scrutiny to like at least something like there should be like a, a more of a buffer period. Do you not? Do you oh, and like the purchasing? Yeah. So sure, yeah. I, I I there's a lot of things I feel about that. Yeah. But I'm saying as far as like the right to it own shouldn't the be gun. like no no it shouldn't be like oh they they can't own a gun they can't protect themselves. But there should be like some scrutiny. No, so, sure, but I, see, I think there should be that scrutiny with everyone. I I agree. Name me one situation in which you should be purchasing a gun that you need a gun right now. None, zero. None. They, it literally does not exist. Unless I want to shoot my wife. Yeah, right. <laughs> Unless you were actively trying to kill somebody, or yeah. you're at like a sporting range and forgot your rifle at yeah, home and need exactly. to buy one in the pro shop. And like, hey, you, 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 you irresponsible. You right. don't need to shoot today. Like, dog, if you if you go <laughs> you to the golf course it. and you forgot your clubs, like, what, you playing with somebody else's clubs? No, you're going home, dog. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can you rent clubs, it. I guess. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? It. But I ain't letting you go home with the rentals. <laughs> like, you're not you're not responsible to, enough to bring your gun. And you forgot your gun. You don't need a gun. So, you, you, so you sit this one out, buddy. To me, that that is that's the bare bones of common sense gun reform. Yeah. Is every every gun comes with a waiting period? Mm-hmm. There, there is no such thing as a same day gun yeah, sale. No. That is fucking insane. Yeah. Period. Full and stop. Then, and then, like, it should be like, if you if you had to be twenty one to be able to drink. Yes. Twenty one to get a gun. Agreed. My, I, I have friends who would argue that it should just be 18 to drink then. I don't actually think that's wrong either. Just pick yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> you I, know what I mean? I, I think it should be at least. I think if you can vote and you can, uh, I think if you can vote and you can go to war, then you should be able to drink and have a gun. <laughs> so like time. we can either move all of that to 21 or all of that to 18. Yeah. I think the separation's dumb. Yeah, exactly. I, I 100% agree with and that. I, I but personally. At very least, let's, <laughs> let's move, we're in, Let's move the guns to 21. That, you want uh, my personal wild fucking crazy idea? Yeah. I think we should move all of it to 21 and move voting to 16. You know what I mean? I, th- I think the youth aren't well represented at all in politics. And I yeah. think they deserve a voice that actually goes to bat for them other than the adults telling them what to do in the room. I think if you took the senior members of the youth class I'm, and gave them... I'm not, get, I'm not letting them vote. Uh, fair. <laughs> I don't think anyone seen. else is. Uh, me too. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that's a great idea. But I think I think they've earned it. Put it that way. I'll um, leave that alone. Other yeah. things on this you want to touch on, gun reform laws. I feel all right. Just on that, I feel like they should start voting. I don't know if it should, what it should count towards oh, completely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so three fifths. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> like they I, used to do. Yeah, us. I think they should like get in the process and, and and so forth. And we should 
this should be something that's, they, at a the younger higher age, youth involvement yeah, of politics. At, I don't know what that age, looks like. Yeah, exactly. That is yes, that's just my wild conspiracy. Um uh, what were you saying though? As far as gun control goes, I I gotta say, like, there there's that sect of like the you know, liberal mainstream mm-hmm. that like immediately just shouts like gun reform now and take all the guns and why do we need guns? Mm-hmm. And I truly like through speaking with more and more of my friends and like understanding somewhat of gun culture, mm-hmm. I I find that to be ignorant, honestly. Uh, I think the like the the like the ways in which people call for things they don't understand well. Yeah. I think one thing the left needs to get better at is like, what is common sense gun reform? I'm glad that's part of our conversation today. Yeah. And also like, what can what can we table for now and understand is reasonable to table? Mm-hmm. Like the the assault rifle ban. Yeah. I'm on board with. I agree with. Yeah. I don't think the assault rifle ban by itself, without an implementation of some sort of registry like we talked mm-hmm. about, without the implementation of some sort of, like, uh, stricter background checks coupled with, like, a, a, a like a delay window at purchase, like, I don't think that does anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I think some of those just, like, table, like, get rid of, get that off the table for now. Mm-hmm. Like, stop annoying people whose votes you're going to need, and we can talk about that in 10 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's, like, maybe stop, you know, do something to reduce the violence now. And and another thing, and in, in like I don't want it. I don't. I'm not left wing enough to to be either to be one of those people like oh everyone get rid of all these guns like I I I don't believe that you should be telling adults what they should be doing. I think there is a lot of good people out there who are gun owners and have a shit ton of guns and they may have a tank and they haven't <laughs> harmed anything. Um, I do think that it's. There should be other things involved in this just change besides just gun reform. Yes. Um, kids, troubled next. kids need an outlet. Um, and this kid adults, we can get into that. Uh, but, I mean, he he was whatever sign. There was signs. Hey, this is the thing I can't stress enough. It was like, so to your point, I think this is the one thing I really, really, really want to drive home with people. Every person I've spoken to in education says the same thing after every school shooting. Mm. A, we don't want more guns in schools. Like mm. Teachers don't want to be armed. Yeah. Every teacher I've spoken to ever in history mm. does not want to have a gun in a classroom. Mm. The other thing about it, though, is that there simply aren't resources for these kids in schools. Mm-hmm. And it, this is everyone under 17 years old yeah. spends most of their day in school, most mm. of the year in school. Mm-hmm. In most high schools, say, yeah. you have... Two, three, maybe in a bigger high school, four mm-hmm. or five yeah. guidance counselors or like a school resource officer mm-hmm. for like we're talking a thousand to three thousand kids. Mm-hmm. So you got five counselors, twenty five hundred kids. It's five hundred kids a counselor. Yeah, it's overwhelming. Five hundred kids. Yes, yeah, something is gonna fall through the cracks. You're in so you're in school one hundred eight days, right? Yeah. It's like if you could make like you would need to somehow pin down every kid that you're responsible for in the school to meet with. Twice a year, yeah, and that would fill your schedule. Yeah, how the hell would you stay on on top of where kids are actually at? Yeah. That's impossible. It's impossible. And then we put our hands up and be like, "Well, well I don't yeah. know what would happen. Everything I did, we no one knew. No but, one knew. But we should just arm teachers. Yeah, because buying a bunch of Glock nines is cheaper than hiring guidance counselors. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. like that makes zero sense. Exactly. So um, that's that's I think that's really where this needs to start. If we're talking like 
real ways to address the problem, mm-hmm. not just the guns. I think that's the biggest thing that can be done. Yeah. The because other thing being... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go. Yeah. I was going to say, the other thing being, to your point, uh, when these things get reported by the people who are these resource counselors, uh, you know, guidance officers, whatever, mm-hmm. we have to do something with that, right? Yeah. Like, this kid was reported by multiple teachers, by guidance counselors, by vice principals, yeah. by principals, was expelled from school, when, uh, uh, spent a lot of back in school, wasn't allowed to carry a backpack to school, was on a fucking watch list by the FBI. Yeah. How, to your point, about the man-kid debate, right? This kid was a problem since he was a kid, for sure. He had a very fucked up family, Mm -hmm. very troubled situation in general, Mm -hmm. cried out for help in every possible way, never got it, and turned into a fucking crazy adult. Uh You know what I mean? That being said, how does he get a gun? 100%. That was my... And, like, you're an FBI watch list... That should be something. There should be a register system. Hey, he's on the FBI watch list. When he goes in that gun store, there should be a red light. Hey, FBI watch list. Uh, so I, I'd watched something a couple days ago. Somebody had shared with me. It was a Obama at a town hall a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. This guy pretty much asked him, you know, why do you want to take all our guns, blah, 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 points to Chicago as an example of strict gun law, blah, blah, blah. And one of the things Obama said in his response, I won't give you the whole thing in like 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. One of the things he said in his response was, the NRA like, has lobbied so strongly, and be, like, hey, like the, we can't study guns. Like the CDC, Congress won't let the CDC study guns. Mm. You know what I mean? Wow. We literally have people that we put on a TSA lo- watch list. Mm. All these gun people are big. Like, get the immigrants out of here. Mm. ISIS is coming to take the country, right? Mm. People we have on terrorist watch lists, on no fly lists, mm. on known ISIS supporters lists, mm-hmm. are allowed to buy guns because we can't pass any legislation to prevent them. Wow. If you're on an FBI watch list, if you're on a TSA watch list, mm. personally, I, I don't agree with banning those people from getting guns. Mm. I, because I think that's a slippery slope towards you banning lots of revolutionaries and what, active, mm. whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. However, if you're on the side of, you know, the, the government is right and the FBI's are the good guys, yeah. how are you not passing that? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and like, maybe you don't ban them from not getting guns, but they walk in the store like, let me get an AR-15. A little, like, there should be something that pops up. Oh, FBI watch list. Like, all right, well, like, yeah, we're going to register you, but you have to come back in 72 hours and pick and, this up. And, and to, to our and point about the idea. you report that to the FBI, you report that to the police, maybe you sell them the gun, but... See, but but see here, but what? Sorry, here's the thing though. It's like if that's on every sale already, mm-hmm. he comes in, and you don't even have to have that exchange with him. Yeah. Say yes, sir, not a problem. Cool. Like see you in a couple of days, pick up the gun. Right? Mm-hmm. It flags in the system, mm-hmm. and the FBI comes and fucking you know sends a cop to his door and is like, yeah. hey, like what are you getting the gun for? And at the very least, there's like some checks and balances on that system. Yeah. I'm sure some people will lie and get guns anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm sure violence will continue. I'm also sure that rate will go down. Exactly, and at least have someone for like if this guy's nineteen, still going to school, like right. Have, have someone, have someone, someone by the school, a couple like. Oh no, he was, going, he was out of school, but uh, yeah. Regardless, yeah. Like have someone buy these places, like schools, like yeah. You but are you on airports? Like, are you on that side of things? Like, uh, like you know, hire the armed veterans or whatever. I, it uh, wouldn't you know, hurt. See, I, yeah, no, I disagree entirely. It I, wouldn't hurt, dude. I, 
let me just run this scenario by you. Let's say we put two armed volunteer veterans in every school, right? Mm-hmm. Realistically, that means you got to hire like four to six at every school, do them in shifts or whatever because they're volunteers anyway. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to find six, you know, <laughs> trained veterans, yeah. unemployed, plenty of unemployed veterans, don't get me wrong, yeah. but who are willing to work for free, donating their time, who also don't have PTSD and are like safe to work around children? Yeah, it will be. I mean, you can uh, a retire like you. You're talking about military retired yeah. cops, so forth. Like, there's. I mean, there, I think there's a lot of people. I just think there's a, a lot of danger in putting more people with weapons in schools. Yeah, I just don't but, think that's the solution. But if Nicholas Cruz is walking up to your your kid's school, I'd rather have that nigga, that hard military dude there, than uh, not be there. See, I okay. Here's my thing. I. I agree with that entirely. Mm-hmm. My argument is, I guess, like, the the opposing view of, like, Nicholas Cruz is walking up to schools, yeah, and it's often, yeah, it's almost, what's that, once every 60 hours, I think is the stat mm-hmm. right now, right? Yeah. It's often, but probably not as often as, like, some old, like, ex-military dude getting set off by some 15-year-old kid yeah. who's just a jackass. Yeah. And it's only a matter of time before they're shooting kids. That's all I'm saying. Uh, ah, yeah. I you, mean, you're not you're not gonna put like ex-military veteran you know, veterans across the country in all these schools and tell me no 14 year old is setting off a dude with PTSD and a handgun by his side, yeah. and that's gonna go well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how that works itself out. That's what I mean. I'm willing. I'm I'm with you. I'm willing to try it, but I just don't see that going well. Yeah. I don't see the implementation going well. I don't see it being... I don't see where we get the money for it, if we're going to pay them. If we're not going to pay them, I don't see where you get that many qualified volunteers. Yeah, and eventually they're going to want to get paid. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just think there's a lot of problems with that idea. I think it's great in theory. I don't see how that happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think this... If we're probably not going to get this solution. <laughs> I mean, you're on a podcast, but I do think there's people smarter than us who can come Facts. up with a multifaceted system in order to lower the rate on which kids are getting killed in school. And it's going to be a lot. People are going to have to give. The NRA is going to have to give up a little bit. Um, the school district is going to have to give a little bit as far as making systems in place that help these troubled kids or at least... I mean, there's this is a failure in so many levels. It's a failure by the... This is a subliminal failure across yes, the board. Yes, yeah, 100%. At every, at every level, every aspect... Um, and there was this could have been prevented, and it wasn't. And it could have been prevented in, in so many different areas, and it wasn't. And because of that, seventeen. And I, I guess that's that's my takeaway from this particular shooting is they trained for this. They did lockdown drills all the time. Mm-hmm. They did armed shooter drills. They had cops in the school. They reported it to the FBI. They reported it to the local police. Mm-hmm. Everything that all the people involved are supposed to do in the current system was done. Mm-hmm. And people are still dead. Yeah. I just want to see us do anything. Yeah. Because the feeling right now is hopelessness and helplessness and like we can't do anything. Yeah. And the entire argument I hear in response to that so often mm-hmm. is this idea that, well, cr- you know, laws don't do anything to criminals because criminals by definition break the law. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is insane. Mm-hmm. You know why I know this is insane? Because we're talking about school shootings. Yeah. We're talking about perpetrators who by and large are 21 and younger mm-hmm. how many 19 year olds you know can even score like a decent weed connect 
How many twenty-one-year-olds you know have uh, like buy booze? They yeah, to me. Exactly. Like that. You're gonna tell yeah. me somebody who can't even get booze for a party on the weekend knows how to procure a black market AR-15? Yeah, exactly. And who's and if you <laughs> get the fuck out of here? And, who, and who's a what kind of what kind of bad guy selling? Yeah, the kid that's what out? I mean. Like some fifteen-year-old with like clear <laughs> bipolar know? and like anxiety yeah. disorders yeah. coming up. Like, oh my god, man, this girl wouldn't go on a date with me. I need a gun. Yes. Yeah, like, like nigga, no, like you, I know all the wire, sketchy yeah. people. I've sold drugs for a long time. <laughs> Alright? Dude, like, I know people who wouldn't sell kids, like, you know, perks and Xanax. Yeah. You think he's selling an AR-15? Yeah. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, no. Give, give the black market some credit. Exactly. There's some scruples <laughs> out here, okay? <laughs> they may be trading 16-year-old girls, but we're not selling 16-year-olds guns. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, yeah, I think at least start at, like, 21 yeah. to get these guns. Uh, then we're just, I, I think, like, I think you could, even if you get a gun at 18, there's like a, a young, you know, a young gun owner's program. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you get into it and it's like your guns are kept at like a locked facility where you can go train with them yeah. until you're 21. So that when you're 21, you're proficient. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yo, they do all sorts of shit like this in other countries. Yeah. People, yo, the far right talks about Japan all the time as a great like symbol of national purity, a great economy, all these things. Yeah. They're strict as hell with guns. Yeah. Everybody can get them. All you got to do is prove your proficient with guns, prove you're mentally stable, don't have a history of violence or criminality in your background. Yeah. Essentially, just make sure good guys are the ones with guns. Yeah. There you go. Food for thought. Uh, I mean, is there anything else we want to touch on in this? Uh, oh, my side note about this. You catch the story about that white nationalist group who tried to claim Nicholas Cruz was like one of their guys for a hot second? No. So, long story short, like... Story breaks, whatever, like shooting happens. Uh, there's a white nationalist group down in Florida. I forget the name of the group. I wouldn't shout them out anyway. Uh, like claims that Nicholas Cruz like trained with their like militia for like mm. the past like year and a half, mm. and like had been like plotting this for a while. Really? Then I think it was like 48, maybe 54 hours after, yeah. turns out and said, "Oh, our mistake. Must have been a different Nicholas." All I'll say to that, and everybody's confusion around that, and that story went away very quickly. Mm. Just think about every time that there's a terrorist attack and ISIS claims he's ISIS until we prove it's somebody else and then ISIS says, oh, our bad, our mistake. Yeah. And that obviously is a fear tactic to remind you that ISIS is out here and can strike you at any time. Yeah. And just as a reminder, there's white nationalist groups on American soil employing those exact same tactics. Yeah. So in case you thought that, you know, the rise of the alt-right wasn't a real thing, there really is white nationalist militia groups training in Florida, getting ready to kill you. And so cavalierly so that they can claim it was them, then refute that, and nobody even looks into them. Yeah. And uh, there's some food there's, for thought. There's some Vice documentaries and so forth online. You Vice loves covering white nationalists. Yeah. It's a little like borderline fetishized. <laughs> like whoever's running Vice may be like a. They're 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 uh, a real threat to society, not just for you know minorities. It's for people in general, society in general. Things can go bad really quickly with this idiots with guns. Yeah, I mean, that's that's my big takeaway. I don't... Th- more guns doesn't seem to be helping the problem. Yeah. There's more guns now than there's ever been, and more There's more guns than, than there are people in the United States. That is an actual fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by a large, a large margin, too. Yes. It's just fucking dumb at this point. Uh... That being said, this shit continues. Uh, you'll, I, I said in 2017 I was going to get an FID card. 2018, I might actually do it. I hate guns. I, yeah. I'm 
vehemently anti-gun for myself. Mm-hmm. I don't want a gun. I'm a very emotional person. I don't need to be owning a weapon. And if I do, I want to keep it safe somewhere else that I can go play with it. Yeah. But like... Things are getting real. Things are getting real. I might at least want to own one somewhere and say it to go play with it yeah. in case somebody comes trying to kill me. You got to get them for the government. Takes all your guns away. Fool, Obama <laughs> comes back in the office and takes all of our guns. He's a Muslim. He's born in Africa. Right? <laughs> go back to Kenya, nigger. Fun fact, more guns sold in America under Obama than every presidency before him. Uh... That's a great transition to black shit. We, like, we want to end on happy things. Now, yeah. we, now we talk yeah. about angry white people for 30 minutes. Let's, let's make it uh, An avoided quick. race. Go us. Oh, shit. Let's make it quick so we can uh, we'll read an hour right now. Yeah, all right, cool. So. We'll get the fuck out of here then. Sorry for keeping y'all late. Uh, black Panther's fucking dope, man. Yeah, That's, I agree. Um, I've, I've never understood. We opened this saying like a lot of movies don't live up to the hype. And I guess that's my, my, my big thing is like I, I hate overhyping movies. Mm-hmm. Um Coming into this weekend, I, I guess I'll say this briefly, uh, I really didn't want to see this movie with white people. And I don't say that to be racist. Mm-hmm. I just say that in like a, I don't, I'm not into Marvel movies, so mm-hmm. I know you're a Marvel guy. Yeah. I don't know enough about the Marvel world to talk about Marvel shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about like the characters or the backstory, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. I am only going to see this movie because like a bunch of people told me it was dope and like, whatever, fine, I'll go see it because all my friends are and like, it's, it's that kind of thing to me. Mm-hmm. And then I went and saw it, and now I understand what all the hype is about. Yeah. It is truly a film about black excellence, uh-huh. and not in a, a power and dominance way, and an understanding that the world is about caring and about being kind, and about finding love in your heart for everybody, not just your own, and this very holistic, I guess, and in, in maybe this is me just centering it to mm-hmm. myself here, mm-hmm. in a very like mixed-race like approach mm-hmm. to blackness. Yeah. Very inclusive approach to blackness. Mm-hmm. A very female first approach to blackness. Yeah. Like everything about it is a lot of like my view on what I want to see the black community be. And maybe yeah. that's just me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't know. I loved, I loved it start to finish. I loved that. I hated Michael B. Jordan, even though I wanted to I love, love Michael B. Michael Jordan. B. Jordan. I, no, I hated him. And then I loved him and I hate him again. And I will Fucking loved it. I, know, the, I cried when he killed him. Oh, Sorry, spoiler, in case everyone doesn't know. He I cried in the theater yeah. by myself. I saw the movie by myself. I was crying in the movie theater by uh, myself. Dude, ah oh, man. Okay, Sad day. Um, <laughs> here's what I want to say to uh, people who don't understand, especially like if you're not black and, and don't understand why this is so, why this movie is important to the black community. It is because. Uh, for years and top of years, the uh, portrayal of African Americans has largely been in a negative form. Um, there's been only a few, and we're talking about as late, mm. strong black, especially heroic characters. Um, but for the most part, when you see like a black person on screen, they're selling drugs, they're mm. shooting, they're playing basketball, or something like that. Oh, they're good. Sir. Um, this one. It, to see a black superhero and to have that condition in your head, to see him alongside the Iron Mans, the uh, the Thors, it does something not not just for like the community, but for like children' perspective to be like, yeah, like our culture is just as badass. And this is not just like for black people; it's for people in general. Like there should be, we should. We should grow up. Kids should grow up seeing Indian superheroes. Mm. Uh, they should Asian superheroes. 
you know, uh, Native American superheroes because it is super impactful. Just the way, just the same way we get conditioned to think that, like, uh, you know, uh, Pamela Anderson's hot as fuck, mm. and then we move into, you know, Cindy Crawford, mm. and then, like, and so forth. And there's only, like, a few, like, Tyra Banks and so forth mm. in there. Like, so you get conditioned to see beauty in a certain way. You just do it in the other end. You get conditioned to see, oh, uh, heroes and masculinity and, and what's good and what's right a certain way. And when there's few examples of that being strong African American or strong minority, it does skew your perspective of what's like what fills those categories. So I think as somebody like I think like I don't I never even grow up on superheroes. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I never superheroes are not part of my childhood. They're mm-hmm. not like none of that mystique was for me. Mm-hmm. So like though that's all well and good for those kids, mm-hmm. I think the thing that jumps out most about this mm-hmm. was that I have I can't remember a time in any media you say about all the negative depictions of black life, right? Almost all of those come either in the context of them relating to white life or in like some white area of the world. Mm-hmm. I have never seen a like a depiction of black excellence mm-hmm. in a black dominated world. Yeah. Like this entire like there's like three white people in the whole film, and they're yeah. all bad guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and so it's not like a black versus white movie. Mm. It's a black versus other black versus other like versus like differences of opinions and philosophy. And yeah. so every time I'm seeing black people, mm. I'm just rooting for the black guy. Yeah. Right. Because it's black versus whatever else is in yeah. this land. And then there's all this, white characters in there, and they're on both sides r- too. Right. But this was like a, a dynamic blackness that I never get to see mm-hmm. because I that's always taken from us, right? Yeah, like yeah. even in today's modern society, right? Like who? Uh, what did what did just want a Golden Globe or whatever? Who was, uh, he was in this actually? Sterling K. Brown. Yeah. Dude from This Is Us. Yeah. Amazing actor. Great good portrayal role, of Brendan. Great role, right? But here's what I'm saying. I see him in This Is Us. And I see him existing as this adopted outsider in white land, uh-huh. which I identify with in a lot of ways, yeah. right? But I don't get to see what what does it look like for black people who don't just agree because we're black and we're trying to survive yeah. in this white it's land. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. what what does it look like when we transcend the survival uh-huh. of outlasting like white supremacy? Yeah. When when we actually have the resources to be great, uh-huh. what do we argue about? Where yeah. do we find common ground? Yeah. What are the things that tie us together? And the thing I found fucking beautiful about this whole thing, the things that tie us together, mm-hmm. at the, the takeaway of that whole advancement of everyone, mm-hmm. not just our own, mm-hmm. celebration of strong women and yeah. leadership yeah. and like embracing education yeah. and advancement. And those were like the big things that I remember being raised on in that, you know, you know the 50s, 60s era, you know, that raised us, you know, that Black Panther era, that civil rights mm-hmm. era, that like those were the things that would move the culture forward. And nobody talks about that shit anymore. Yeah. Now, we talk a lot about representation. We talk a lot about, you know, you know, opening up different avenues and all these different things. Mm-hmm. The best part of this whole movie to me, hands down, mm-hmm. is that the whole, like all of Wakanda hinges on the technical advancements of a teenage girl. Yeah. The brightest mind in the entire world mm. is like a 17-year-old like super kid mm. who is just in this fucking lab like changing everything about the world yeah. with vibrating. Yeah. That's so dope to me that like 9-year-old girls are going to see that and be like, "Oh, she's not like a princess." You know yeah. what I mean? It's a warrior and a scientist are like and the it, badass women of this society. It, it, it's, it's not like a mom. Yeah, it's either it's even deeper than that cuz if you look at it like 
that on top of the fact that like this is written by Ryan uh, Coogan, Coogan, the du- same dude directs all Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, movies. a guy from I'm pretty sure he's from the Bay. I'm, fr- I'm yeah. pretty sure he's from Oakland. Just a real dude, a smart dude. Like, and if you listen to his interviews, he talks just like us. Like, mm-hmm. yo, like I, I saw him on the uh, uh, Hot 97, who's just like talking about being in Africa and like, yo, they just like us, man. Like, and he talks like one of your boys. Mm-hmm. So like. When you compound that with the fact that he's writing, he wrote and directed this, these strong characters, these intelligent characters, and then the fact that he directed and wrote this, and he just sounds like your boy. And, and, and I, that means that you can do that shit too. And you don't have to even be super smart. You can just be good at writing stories and portraying images and, and show your greatness through that. I think one of the best parts of Michael B. Jordan's character and I won't even, uh, yo, my African is not good enough to be butchering all these names, yeah. dog. Uh, but one of the shit that really like stood out to me was that he spoke like that, right? Yeah. He's mad Oakland. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. No but doubt. he like he goes from like, nah, fuck that shit. I'm here. I killed all these people. Yeah. And I'm here to kill you now, right? Yeah. To that very end moment where it's like he he opens his eyes and shit. And he's still that same dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's still that Oakland nigga. Yeah, but yeah. he's like, nah, like yo, I like. I get it. Yeah. I still ain't going out like that. Like, yeah. like let me just pull out this spear and I'm dying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, not going out like that. But spoiler alert, I'm sorry. Yeah, mad spoilers yeah. and this shit. Yeah. Uh, but I'm saying like, it still ain't going out like no bitch. You know yeah. what I mean? But like, I don't know. It was just so dope to see like the different representations of blackness. Yeah. yeah. From like the elder statesman to like the, the you know, patriarch who made wrong decisions mm-hmm. to how to change the next generation while in... Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the whole shit yeah. was dope. Too. It was dope. It was the dope. new block is here to stay, dog. I'm so is. excited. It's emerging, man. And you know, I gotta hurry up because I'm I'm late, but I'm I'm, I'm coming. Yo, Ryan, you need to cast some niggas. You just let us know. Dude, I'm, dude, I'm telling you, we man, in the gym. I'm pretty as fuck now. Yeah, I'm do- dude, it's my a- short dread game is way on point. <laughs> fuck Michael yo, B. Yo, Jordan. Yo, yo, you really is. I'm, yo, Michael B. Jordan really stole my whole swag. From I do. I was thinking that. Too, oh, no, all jokes aside, like, like Mike, I, I need to check my nigga. I see you trying to beat me. Yo, yo, my nigga took my profile picture and wore that shit to the casting. He was like, yeah, I got it. I, I'm Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> yo, uh, this nigga Mitch followed me. He's, he's like the flyest dude I know. So yeah. I'm just trying to get like him. Yeah, Maybe hey, Ryan man. will help me for that Black Panther <laughs> shit. Yo, but uh, yeah, man, I think we're reaching the uh, area where, uh, you know, minorities, especially black excellence is reaching this pinnacle. Where, where, uh, Shout out to Diddy. Yeah, dude. 100, all across the board man uh and and the thing is like they're embracing the black vision and we're getting a lot of opportunities to make Mm -hmm. your own it's going to be interesting and if you're if you're young and you're a minority yo this is the time because uh your voice is needed and people are looking looking for that voice and that perspective and i'll also say like i i never thought i would have said this maybe seven years ago even 10 years ago Mm -hmm. But just, like, salute to black consumers for picking good shit. Yeah. I feel like, yo, we were, like... Black people have always, like, rode for black shit when, like, asked to. Yeah. But we just asked niggas to ride for the wrong shit forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we was out here backing terrible content for, like, a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even black black content makers make fun of their own... Like, Chris Rogers' special, you know, the booty thing. It's like, you know how bad booty thing looks 20 years, 30 years later? 
but I also, love Pootie Tang. Don't get me wrong. Also, yeah, but there was a, there was a mix because he, with the with the Pootie Tangs, there was still coming to America, which is like the best fucking. Oh, I agree, bro. One I guess what I'm saying is like the era I came up in 15 years ago. Yeah. Niggas told me Pootie Tang was hilarious, and that coming to America was like trash. Oh, duh, you were hanging on. No, I agree. <laughs> no, I grew up and like found out for myself. But I'm saying like that was like a real general like opinion for a long time. Yeah. Was like, oh, coming to America, I, you know, it, it was that era of, like, you make me think too hard comedy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Pootie Tang was like, nah, I just want to laugh. Yeah. And I was like, I'm glad we passed that. I'm, I'm glad we're on to real good content now. Yeah. Um, camera's blinking weird, so. We're an hour yeah, 20 anyway. Yeah, let's, let's, let's wrap it up. No, right, You got uh, anything just, else on Black Panther besides all the was, dick slurping we just did of this entire cast? Um, no, I just think that, like. licking, I guess, because there's a bunch of wonderful women in that uh, it, I think this is uh, an emergence of just like great content from people of multifaceted people. Uh, this is the beginning. It's going to keep growing. You see other uh, people like uh, what you call it from um, uh, from Insecure. You see oh, Donald right. Glover. You see uh, Get Your Ideals Out Now. Uh, put pen to paper. Get your ideals out, man. Keep grinding. Shout out to them. Um, Speaking of Issa Rae, just real quick, content recommendations for people. Uh, Fruit. Have you listened to Fruit, the podcast? No. Fantastic. It's uh, it's about a pro football player. It's a true story who is, like, gay on the low and, like, discovers he's gay while he's in the league. And, like, the first season ends with, like, some teammate of him, his, like, killing himself and, like, leaving, like, a list of names with his on it. Yeah, and right. season two is on Stitcher Premium, which I haven't paid for yet, but I'm about to. Right, uh, if you pay for that. Stitcher Premium, uh, also subscribe to the Late to Work podcast. <laughs> and one day, Stitcher Premium will give us an ad so that yeah. when you pay for Stitcher Premium, it'll be ad free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about yeah, all I had. Yeah, we had hour 20 anyway. Right. So. Top five? You want to do top fives? Yeah, we can. You said you don't watch the Olympics. Yeah. So I wanted to do a top five favorite things about the Winter Olympics. You don't watch Olympics at all, or just Winter Olympics you don't watch? Uh, I don't watch really uh, much of the Olympics. There's, like, a popular character on there, like a track person, or, like, I watch some of the, like, soccer shit, but, like, I'm not, I'm just, like, I just don't care. <laughs> I just don't, I don't watch. That hurts in my soul, though. I'm sorry, man. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm grossly I, nationalist. You know me. Yeah, I know. I just I'm riding for Wakanda and America now, but, like. I just can't get into, like. Like figure skating. Or yeah, like I agree. That's just trash. Like, I, I just, I curling, just, no? Curling, no. Why? I don't oh, no. curling's great. It's like bar shuffleboard on ice. Yeah, no. I got shit to do. <laughs> I got, I got, Fair enough. There's not enough time, man. I got shit to do, man. Uh, no, I just now have zero interest in it. I'll, I'll watch ESPN and see what's going on. Something dope happens. I'll, but I just don't, I just, I, I don't, I don't care. All right. Well, we're skipping our top five this week because <laughs> Chris doesn't care about his country. I will say some reasons you should watch the wonderful Winter Olympics. Right. America's trash. So if you hate America in this current state, like we are cleaned up by every other country. So it's pretty funny to see us be mediocre at anything because we're so great at everything else. Yeah. Uh, American women hockey, great to watch. Uh, lots of insane talent. Uh, since the NHL didn't send the men, our women's hockey is a great watch. Uh, they played Canada the other night. We're playing them again for the gold medal shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looks things anyway. That was like one of the hardest hitting hockey games I've watched. Like bitches getting fucked up all right. over the place. It was dope. Uh, Norwegian curling team fire pants game. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh-huh. Google it. There'll be gifts. You're welcome. 
Uh, also in curling, apparently you can double fist beers at 9 a.m. That's also a thing. Salute to Canada. <laughs> uh, and I don't know why U.S. American snowboarders suck this year. I, I know, know nothing about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we won every gold medal at the Sochi in snowboarding and then didn't even podium in like three different events this year. So mm-hmm. there you go. Anyway, uh, go check out the Olympics, support your country, or don't and support Wakanda. Either yeah. way, we still fuck with you. Uh, as always, this has been Late Work Podcast. This is episode 26. Happy to be back with y'all after the week off. Uh, look for us, as usual, every Thursday. Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, you can find me on all your social media at Mitch Gaines. Hold up, my boy over here at Only Chris Allen. You got dates coming up? You got shit people got to come yeah, up see? I, I tried to look for my dates this uh, while before you got here, and I couldn't find them. I'm somewhere in Foxborough this Saturday. Uh, I will get the day. I'll post it online. Yeah, some Patriot place? I don't know. I don't think it's Patriot. Oh, because CBS students closed. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, but yeah, I'll put the date on my Facebook. Just follow me at Chris Thomas. If anyone wants to intern for us, all it requires is three hours a week of managing Chris's schedule and then writing out a list yeah. of dates for him to read on the air. It's a really <laughs> easy job. I swear to God, it will give you course credit. Yeah. Uh, uh, holler at us. Holler, please. I'm don't be a dickhead. Don't something. be a dick. Peace. I had to make shit right. Careful from nothing. I gotta straight out the dirt. 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 My granddaddy helped build the Carquinez Bridge. Gave my grandmama 11 kids. A gallon of milk and some eggs in the fridge. A pack of top ramen, some bread and some grids. I got it straight out the dirt. The dust. Checking more cash in the clerk. That's us. Play with me, you will get hurt.